Thank you for listening to my podcast. This is Black Wall Street Chronicles, and we're back at it again. So today, I'm going to do a deep dive on critical race theory. Seems to be a hot-button subject. Everybody is talking about it. There are people in our community that agree with it, and then there's people in our community that doesn't agree with it. I'm going to read on Wikipedia to go into what critical race theory is. Once we go into what critical race theory is, we're going to talk about the people. There are articles where people agree with it, and I'm going to read some articles where people don't agree with it. And then, I'm going to give my opinion on how I feel about the situation. Alright? Give me one moment. start talking about critical race theory. Critical race theory is a body of legal scholarship and an academic movement of civil rights scholars and activists in the United States that seek to critically examine U.S. law as it intersects with issues of race in the U.S. and to challenge mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice. CRT examines social, cultural, legal issues primary as they relate to race and racism in the United States. CRT originated in the mid-1970s in the writings of several American legal scholars, including Derrick Bell, Alan Freeman, Kimberly Crenshaw, Richard Degado, Cheryl Harris, Charles Oz Lawrence III, Mari Mestuda, and Patricia J. Williams. It emerged as a movement by the 1980s, reworking theories of critical legal studies with more focus on race. CRT is grounded in critical theory and the draws from the thinkers such as Antonio Grosmoski, Sojourner True, Frederick Douglass, and W.E.D. Du Bois, as well as the Black Power Chicano and radical feminist movements from the 1960s and 1970s. While critical race theorists do not all share the same beliefs, the basic tenets of CRT include that racism, despite racial outcomes, is a result of complex, changing, and often suitable social and institutional dynamics rather than explicit and intentional prejudice on the part of individuals. CRT scholars who also view race as white supremacy as intersectional social constitution, which serves to upload the interests as intersections of whiteness at the expense of marginalized communities. In the field of legal studies, CRT empathizes that merely making laws colorblind on paper may not be enough to make the application of the laws colorblind. Ostensibly, colorblind laws can be applied in racially discriminatory ways. A key CRT concept is that intersectionality, 
which empathizes that race can intersect with other identities, such as gender and class, to produce complex combination of power and disadvantage. Academic critics of CRT argue that it relies on social constructionism, elevates storytelling over evidence and reason, rejects the concept of truth and merit, and opposes liberalism. Since 2020, conservative lawmakers in the United States have sought to ban or restrict critical race theory instruction along with other anti-racism programs. Critics of these efforts say that the lawmakers have powerfully defined or misrepresented the tenets and importance of CRT and the goal of the laws is to silent border destructions of racism, equality, social justice, and the history of race. Royal Books defined critical race theory in 1994 as a collection of critical stances against the existing legal order from a race point of view. Richard Delgado, a co-founder of the theory, defined it as 2017 as a collection of activists and scholars interested in studying and transforming the relationship among race, racism, and power. Early analysis that later consolidated into critical race theory developed in the 1970s as legal scholars, activists, and lawyers tried to understand why civil rights era victories had stalled and were being eroded. In the early 1980s, students of color at Harvard Law School organized protests regarding Harvard's lack of racial diversity in the curriculum among students and the faculty. These students supported Professor Derrick Bell, who left Harvard in 1980 and then became the Dean of University of Oregon School of Law. During his time at Harvard, Bell had developed new courses that studied American law through a racial lens. Harvard students of color wanted faculty of color to teach new courses in his absence. Bell resigned his position at Harvard because what he viewed as the university's discriminatory practices. The university rejected student requests, responding that no specifically qualified black instructor existed. Legal scholar Randall Kennedy writes that some students felt fronted by Harvard's choice and employed an architect white liberal in a way that precludes the development of black leadership. In response, numerous students, including Kimberly Crenshaw and Mary Masuda, boycott and organize to develop an alternative course using Bell's Race, Racism, and American Law, 1973 first edition as a core text. They included guest speakers Richard Delgado and Neil Gantola. The first former meeting centered on critical race theory was the 1989 News Development and Critical Race Theory Workshop, an effort to connect the theoretical underpinnings of critical legal studies to the day-to-day realities of American racial politics. The workshop was organized by Kimberly Crenshaw for a retreat entitled New Developments in Critical Race Theory that effectively created the field. As Crenshaw says, only she, Masuda, Gotenda, Chuck Lawrence, and a handful of others knew that there were no developments in critical race theory because CRT had any old ones. It didn't exist. It was made up as a name. Sometimes you got to fake it until you make it. Crenshaw states that critical race theorists had discovered ourselves to be critical theorists who did not race and racial justice advocates on who did critical race theory. 
Crenshaw writes, one might say that CRT was an offspring of post-civil rights institutional activism that was generated and informed by opportunistic orientation towards racial power. One manner in which CRT diverged from CLS post-1987 was the CRT stress on the importance of race. Do CLS criticize the legal system's role in generation and legitimizing oppressive social structures? It did not tend to provide alternatives. CRT scholars such as Derek Bell and Alan Freeman argue that failure to include race and racism its analysis prevented CLS from suggesting new directions for social transformation. In 1989, Critical Race Theory Workshop at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, attended by 24 scholars of color, marked a turning point for the field. Following this meeting, scholars began to publish higher volumes of work employing critical race theory, including some that became popular among general audiences. In 1991, Patricia Williams published The Alchemy of Race and Rights, while Derrick Bell published Faces at the Bottom of the Well in 1992, both became national bestsellers. In 1995, Gloria Lunston-Benses and William F. Tate began applying the critical race theory framework in the field of education, moving it along the field of legal scholarship. They sought it to better understand inequities in context of schooling. Scholars have since expanded the work in this context and explored issues in academic achievement, pedagogy, and research methodologies. As of 2002, over 20 American law schools and at least three American non-American law schools offered critical race theory courses or classes which covered issues centrally. In addition to law, critical race theory is taught in applied fields of education, political science, women's studies, ethnic studies, communication, sociology, and American studies. A variety of spin-off movements developed that applied to critical race theory to specific groups. These include Latino critical, career critical, and Asian critical movements. These groups continue to engage with the main body of critical theory research, over time developing independent priorities and research methods. More importantly, CRT has been taught internationally, including the United Kingdom and Australia. Principal figures of the theory include Derek Bell, Patricia J. Williams, Kimberly Williams Crenshaw, Kamara Phyllis Jones, Angela P. Harris, Charles Lawrence, Alan Freeman, Nell Gondola, Mitu Galani, Jerry Kang, Eric Yamamoto, Robin Williams, Ian Henry Lopez, Kevin Johnson, Laura E. Gomez, Margaret Montoya, Juan Pereira, Francisco Valdez, Dean Cabrado, Cheryl Havis, Angela Owaki, Willick, Tom Ross, Stephen Wildman, Nancy Levitt, Robert Hartman, June Stefanik, Andre Cummings, and Mari Masuda. Internet news writer Will Amaris argues that the theory's most visible advocates are activists and nonviolent. While radical, the theory is considered no so within academia. In 2012, Arminus wrote, the theory is radical in a sense that it questions fundamental assumptions, and unlike some strands of academic and legal thought, 
Critical race theory has an open and activist agenda with an emphasis on storytelling and personal experience. It's about righting wrongs, not questioning after knowledge. Many of the ideas are not radical today in the sense of being outside the mainstream. Critical race theory is widely taught and studied. Developments in the early 2000s in critical race theory included work relying on updating social psychological research on unconscious bias in order to justify affirmative action, and work relying on an economic methodology to examine structural inequality and discrimination in the workplace. Common themes or characteristics in critical race theory, as documented by such scholars as Richard Delgado, Juan Stefanik, include critique of liberalism. Critical race theory scholars question foundational liberal concepts such as entitlement, rationalism, legal equality, and constitutional neutrality, and a challenge increments approach of traditional civil rights discourse. It's favor a race-conscious approach to social transformation, critiquing liberal ideas such as affirmative action, color blindness, role modeling, or the merit principle with an approach that relies on more on political organizing and contracts to liberalism's reliance on rights-based remedies. Storytelling, countertelling, and naming one's own reality, the use of narrative storytelling to illuminate explored lived experiences of racial oppression, Brian Brayboy emphasizes the systemic importance of storytelling in an indigenous American communities as soups seeing that of theory has proposed a tribal critical race theory. Tribe critical, that's what that's called. Revisionist interpretations of American civil law and progress. Criticism of civil rights scholarship and anti-discrimination law, such as Brown versus Board of Education. Derrick Bell, one of the CRT's founders, argues that civil rights advances for black people coincided with the self-interest of white elitists. Likewise, Mary L. Duzak performed essential archival research in the U.S. Department of State and Department of Justice included that the U.S. government supports for civil rights legislation was motivated in part by the concern of the racial discrimination harm the United States foreign relations. I've heard that before. Intersectional theory. The examination of race, sex, national origin, and sexual orientation and their combination plays out in various settings. How the needs of a Latina female are different from those of a black male whose needs are are the ones promoted. Standpoint etymological. Can't pronounce this word, excuse me. Standpoint etymological. Jeez. E S P I S T E M O L O G Y. Epistemology. Espectomology. The view that a member of the minority has the authority and ability to speak about racism that members of other racial groups do not have, and then this can expose the racial neutrality of law as false. Essentialism versus anti-essentialism. Delgado and Stefanik wrote, scholars who write about these issues are concerned with the appropriate use for analysis. 
Is the black community one or many communities? Do middle and working class African Americans have different interests and needs? Do all oppressed peoples have something in common? This is to look at the ways that oppressed groups may share in their oppression, but also have different needs and values, and that needs to be looked differently. It is a question how groups can be essentialized or are unable to be essentialized. Structural determinism. Exploration of how the structure of legal thought or cultural influences is content, whereby a particular mode of thought or widely shared practice determines significant social outcomes, usually occurring without conscious knowledge, as such a theory poses that our system cannot redress certain kinds of wrongs. Empathic fallacy. Believing that one can change a narrative by offering an alternative narrative in hopes that the listener's empathy will quickly and reliably take over. Empathy is not enough to change racism as most of people are not exposed to many different from themselves and people mostly seek out information for their own cultural and group. Now white cultural nationalism is separatism. The exploration of more radical views that argue for separation and reparations is a form of foreign aid including black nationalism. Internalization. Karen Pike documents that the theoretical element of internalized racism and internalized racial oppression, whereby victims of racism begin to believe in the ideology that they are inferior whites in the white culture who are superior. The internalization of racism is not due to any weakness, ignorance, inferiority, psychological deflect, gullibility, or any shortcomings of the repressed. Instead, it is how authority and power in all aspects of society contribute to feelings and inequality. Institutional racism. Differential access to the goods, services, and opportunities of society by race. Institutionalized racism is normative, sometimes legalized, and often manifests as inherited disadvantage. It is structural, having been absorbed by institutions of custom, practice, and law. So there is not be an offendable offender. Instead, institutional, institutionalized racism is often evident as inaction in the face of need. Manifesting itself both in material conditions and access to power, which regard the former examples to include differential access to equality, education, sound hosting, gainful employment, appropriate medical facilities, and a green environment. Influence of critical legal studies. As a movement that draws heavily from cultural theory, critical race theory shares many intellectual commitments with critical theory, critical legal studies, feminist judence prudence, post-colonial theory. However, these authors such as Thomas J. Curry have pointed out that the epistemic convergence in such approaches are emphasized due to the idealist turn in critical race theory. The latter, as Curry explains, is interested in discourse and theories of white cons- 
continental philosophers over and against the structure and institutional accounts of white supremacy, which were at the heart of realist analysis of racism, including the Derrick Bell's early works. And articulate thoughts such as black thinkers as W.E.B. Du Bois, Paul Robeson, and Judge Robert L. Carter. This is very interesting. Critical race theory draws on the priorities and perspectives of growth critical legal studies and conventional civil rights scholarship, while also sharply contents in both of these fields. Critical race theory's theoretical elements are provided by the variety of sources. Angela P. Harris describes critical race theory as a sharing a commitment to a vision of liberation for racism through right reason with the civil rights tradition. It these constructs some premises and arguments of legal theory and simultaneously holds that legally constructed rights are incredibly important. As described by Derrick Bell, critical race theory in Harris' view is committed to radical critique of law, which is normally destructionist, and radical emancipation by the law, which is normally reconstructionist. Let's talk about the applications of critical race theory. Scholars of critical race theory has focused with the sum particularity on the issues of hate crime and hate speech. In a response to option of the U.S. Supreme Court in a hate speech case of Rob v. City of St. Paul, in which the court struck down the anti-Biden's ordinance as applied to a teenager who was burned across, Mary Masuda and Charles Lawrence argued that the court has paid insufficient attention to the history of racist speech and the actual injury produced by such speech. Critical race theorists have also played particular attention to the issue of affirmative action, where scholars have argued in favor of such an argument that so-called merit standards for hiring and educational missions are not race-neutral for a variety of reasons, and that such standards are part of a rhetoric of neutrality through which whites justify their disproportionate share of resources and social benefits. Law professors Daniel L. Farber and Susanna Sherry argue that critical race theory lacks supporting evidence. See, now we're going to get the other side of the opinion. The critical, the criticism. I'm going to repeat this again. Law professors Daniel L. Farber and Susanna Sherry argue that critical race theory lacks supporting evidence, relies on an impossible belief that the reality is socially constructed rejects evidence in the favor of storytelling, rejects truth and merit as expressions of political dominance, and rejects the rule of law. Farber and Sherry additionally post the anti-meretic tenets in critical race theory, critical feminism, and critical legal studies may unintentionally lead to anti-Semitic and anti-Asian implications. As particular, they suggest that the suggestion Jews and Asians within what critical race theories argue is a structurally unfair system may lead to allegations of cheating, advancing, and taking other such claims. A series of responses to Farber and Sherry on this matter was published in a Harvard Law Review. 
These responses argue that there's a difference between criticizing an unfair system and criticizing individuals who perform well inside the system. In a 1999 Boston College Law Review, article titled Race Equality and the Rule of Law, Critical Race Theory's Attack on the Promises of Liberalism, First Amendment lawyer Jeffrey J. Pyle argued that the critical race theory undermined confidence in the rule of law, writing that critical race theorists attacked the very foundations of the liberal legal order, including equality theory, legal reasoning, and enlightenment, rationalism, and neutral principles of constitutional law. Judge Richard Parsner of the U.S. Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals argued that in 1997 that critical race theory turns its back on Western tradition of rational inquiry, forces analysis for the narrative, and that reputating reason augmentation, reinforced stereotypes about the intellectual capacities of non-whites. Former Judge Alex Konzinski, who served in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, criticized critical race theories in 1997 for raising insuperable barriers to mutual understanding and thus eliminated opportunities for meaningful dialogue. Political controversy. Here's some controversies uh, about critical race theory. Critical race theory has stirred controversy in the United States since 1980s for its critique of colorblindness. Promoting the use of narrative and legal studies, advocating for the legal instrumentalism as opposed to ideal driven uses of the law, analyzing the U.S. Constitution, an existing law constructed according, and, according to and perpetuating racial power, and encouraging legal scholars to promote racial equality. An example of instrumental approach is attorney Johnny Cochran's defense in the O.J. Simpson murder case, in which Cochran urged this jury to acquit Simpson in a spite of evidence against him in a form of jury nullification as paybacks for the United States racist past. The run-up and aftermath of 2020's U.S. presidential election Opposition to critical race theory was adopted as a campaign theme by Donald Trump and various conservative commentators on Fox News and right-wing talk radio shows. Lining Gunner Bill Clinton's nominee for Assistant Attorney General was attacked by Republicans in part for an association with CRT in an attempt to block her nomination. These attacks ultimately proved successful since Clinton quickly withdrew her nomination on June 4, 1993, on the basis of disagreements with her legal philosophy. 2010s. In 2010, a Mexican-American studies program in Tuscan, Arizona, was halted due a state law forbidding public schools from offering race-conscious education in the form of advocating ethnic solidarity instead of treatments of pupils and individuals. Certain books, including Primer or CRT, were banned for the curriculum. Mandela Pena's young adult novel, Mexican White Boy, was banned for containing critical race theory. 
The ban on ethnic studies programs was later deemed unconstitutional on the grounds that the state showed discriminating intent. Both an act and enforcement was motivated by racial alums. Federal Judge A. Wallace ruled. Well, earlier I said that, you know, critical race theory is taught in Australia. So, there's a controversy in Australia in the 2020s. And it recently just happened, and I'm going to read it now. In Australia, in June 2021, following media reports that the proposed national curriculum was preoccupied with the oppression, discrimination, and struggles in indigenous Australians, the Australian Senate approved a motion laid table by white wing Senator Pauline Henderson calling the federal government to reject CRT despite it not being included in the re- curriculum. United Kingdom. In October 2020, the conservative UK Equalities Minister Kimi Beninat stated in regard to teaching critical race theory in primary and secondary schools. We do not want to see teachers teaching their pupils about white privilege and inherited social racial guilt. Any school that teaches its elements of critical race theory, which promotes partisan political views such as defunding the police without offering a balanced treatment of opposing views, is breaking the law. One-on-one writers of Black Writers Guild signed an open letter denouncing Bandanak for remarks about popular anti-racism books such as Right Fragility and Why I'm Not No Longer, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. Made an interview in The Spectator in which she said, many of these books, in fact, some of the authors and proponents of critical race theory actually want a segregated society. United States here home. Conservative lawmakers and activists use the term critical race theory as a cash call phrase for kneeling examination of systemic racism, according to the Washington Post. In September 2020, after seeing a piece on Fox News in which conservative activist Christopher Rufio denounced CRT. President Donald Trump issued an executive order directing agencies of the United States federal government to cancel funding for programs that mention white privilege or critical race theory on the basis that is constituted decisive un-American propaganda and that it was racist. Rufio's used the term prepare controversy into the mainstream, he wrote on Twitter. The goal is to have public read something crazy in the newspaper and immediately think critical race theory. In a speech of September 17, 2020, Trump denounced critical race theory and announced the formation of the 1776 Commission to Promote Patriotic Education. On January 20, 2021, President Joe Biden rescinded Trump's order and dissolved the 1776 Commission. Opposition to critical race theory was subsequently adopted as a major theme by several conservative think tanks and pressure groups, including the Heritage Foundation, the Idaho Freedom Foundation, and American Legislative Exchange Council. 
Searching the Nexus database for critical race theory showed that the term appeared in U.S. newspapers 1,361 times between January 2000 and January 1, 2021, but it increased to 16,000 appearances between the date and the beginning of July 2021. In early 2021, bills were introduced in a number of Republican-controlled state legislatures to restrict teaching critical race theory in public schools, including Idaho, Iowa, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Texas. Several of these bills mention critical race theory or single out New York Times 1619 project. In mid-April 2021, a bill was introduced in the Idaho legislator that would effectively ban any educational edutain, including school districts, public charter schools, and public institutions of higher education, and a state from teaching or advocating secretarialism, including critical race theory or other programs involving social justice. On May 4, 2021, the bill was signed into law by Governor Brad Little. On June 10, 2021, the Florida State Board of Education unanimously voted to ban public schools from teaching critical race theory, urging of the Governor Ron DeSantis. As of July 2021, 10 U.S. states have included bills or taking other steps that were teaching critical race theory and 26 others while in the process of doing so. There's a lot of subgroups in critical race theory, guys. Subfields. Within critical race theory, various subgroupings have emerged that focus on issues and nuances that are unique to a particular ethno-racial and marginalized community. This can include issues that relate to intersection of race with disability, ethnicity, gender, sexuality, class, and religion, and other social structures. For example, disability critical race stories, discritical, critical race feminism, CRF, Hebrew critical race theory, Hebrew crit, black critical race theory, black, Latino critical race theory, Asian American critical race studies, South American cultural race studies, and American Indian critical race studies. CRT methodologies has also applied to the group of white immigrant groups. CRTs have spurred some scholars to call for a second wave of whiteness studies, which is now offshoot known as second wave whiteness. Critical race theory has also begun spawn research that looks into the understandings of race outside of the United States. So basically, they got a critical race theory. They got a CRT race theory for every race and every special interest group in the United States of America and they're expanding it all around the world. Okay. Uh, look at what you got. Get used to where the camera is so I can look at you guys because I'm looking off to the side. Um, let's see. You have disability critical race theory. Interesting. Another offshoot field of disability critical race studies, which discrit, which combine disability studies and CRT to focus on the intersection of disability and race. 
Latino critical race theory is a research framework that outlines the social reconstruction as racist as central to our people of color are constrained and oppressed in society. Race scholars develop lot critical as a critical response to the problem of the color line. First explained by W.E.D. Du Bois, white critical race theory focused on the black-white paradigm. Latino critical race theory has moved to consider other racial groups, mainly Chicana, Chicanos, as well as Latinos as Asians, Native Americans, First Nations, and women of color. In critical race counter stories along the Chicana, Chicano educational pipeline, Tyler J. Yoso discussed how the constraint of POC can be defined. Looking at the differences between Chicana students and the tenets that separate such individuals are, the intersectionality of race and racism, challenge and dominant ideology and commitment to social justice, the centrality of experience, knowledge, and interdisciplinary perspective. Latino critical race theory's main focus is advocate social justice for those living in marginalized communities, specifically Chicana OS, who are guided by structural arrangements that disadvantage people of color. Social institutions function as these positions, disenfranchisement and discrimination over minority groups, while white, little, Latino critical race theory seeks to give those who are victimized. And so do so. In order to do so, Latino critical race theory has created two common themes. First, critical race theory proposes that white supremacy and racial power are maintained over time, a process of law that plays a central role in Different racial groups lack the voice to speak in this civil society, and such critical race theory has introduced a new form of expression called the voice of color. The voice of color is narratives and storytelling monologues used as devices for conveying personal racial experiences. These are also used to counter narratives that continue to maintain racial inequality. Therefore, the experience of the oppressed are important aspects for developing a Latino critical race analytical approach. And it has not been since the rise of slavery that an institution has so fundamentally shaped the life of opportunities for those who bear the label of criminal. Second, to Latino critical race theory has investigated the possibility of transforming the relationship between law enforcement and racial power as well as pursuing the project of achieving racial emancipation and anti-subordination more broadly. Its body of research is distinct from general critical race theory and that it empathizes immigration theory, policy, language rights, accent, and national origins based on forms of discrimination. CRT finds that experimental knowledge of people of color draws explicitly from the lived experience as data presenting research findings to storytelling, chronicles, scenarios, narratives, and parables. Asian critical race theory looks at the influence of race and racism on the experience of outcomes of Asian Americans in U.S. education, providing a foundational for discourse around the racialized experience of Asian Americans and other racially marginalized groups in education. Like Latina critical, Asian critical is descent from the main body of CRT and its emphasis on immigration theory and policy. And 
is a doozy. I didn't know that there was a, a subsection of critical race theory for um, all special interest groups in this country. It's interesting. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to um, give my opinion on critical race theory and how I feel. And I'm going to close out the show. All right. So. I don't have a problem with the idea of critical race theory. We should teach about racism and the things that happen in the United States of America. The problem is, is that the establishment cannot be trusted. Uh, critical race theory was, uh, it says in the Wikipedia article, it was created around the 1970s. And it mentioned W.E.D. Du Bois, which I find very interesting. Because W.E.D. Du Bois was the first black person, like right after the Civil War, was talking about race hustlers, talking about these African Americans that are, you know, um, they are teaching uh, victimhood in ancient, victimhood in ancient about, you know, they, they're trying to scam the community and, well, they're trying to keep the community in a lower state because if the community uh, stays, if the community gets out of that lower state and we actually have success and prominence in the United States of America, then these race hustlers is not going to have any more money. So that's interesting. It's interesting that they mentioned W.E.D. Du Bois. Um, I believe that if we're going to think about critical race theory, we're not only going to should teach about white supremacy, we should also teach about the scammers in our community. Okay, everyone. Thank you for listening to my podcast. This is Black Wall Street Chronicles, and I'm signing off.